0: Hello everybody, I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And we are the old dogs? We're a couple of boomers in our 70s that want to grow bolder, not older. We'll share with you the ways we howl at the moon, the fascinating old dogs we meet, and the new tricks that we learn. Our goal is to rethink that phrase, act your age. As the old philosopher Bob Dylan once said... Those not busy being born are busy dying. So if you've got 20 minutes or so to kill, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this podcast, we're going to talk about, well, why we decided to do this podcast. Namely, how we're managing to enjoy life more these days. We'll start off our pod nuggets with the good news that you can, in fact, teach an old dog new tricks. We'll celebrate the 90th birthday of one of the world's most beloved characters... We'll break the sad news that your millennial offspring don't want your time-treasured keepsakes, unveil a new way to play Monopoly, and in our science segment, announce this year's prestigious Ignoble Awards. And our featured interview is with Tony Caputo, an old dog who with his
1: pals has started offering free advice at the local farmer's market.
0: So, Paul, here we are at the start of the Old Dog's New Tricks podcast. And we'd like to talk a little bit about what we hope to provide.
1: Unlike a lot of podcasts, we're not experts on anything. Mm -mm. We won't make you slimmer,
0: richer, or better looking. Sorry about that, Jim. That's all right. We're a couple of boomers who have seen a lot of changes politically, socially, and technically over the last 60 years.
1: And so we wanted to dedicate our podcast to other boomers. People who are
0: active, relevant, engaged, and in short, learning new tricks. From episode to episode, we'll talk about the things we think are interesting to people like us, except we've vowed to avoid contentious topics. There's plenty of that around if that's what you want. Now We want to capture the feeling of a group of friends having coffee together and swapping stories.
1: Half of each podcast involves things we've discovered that are fun, informative, or downright bizarre.
0: And the other half will feature an interview with a boomer who is still actively involved with life. We call it Howling at the Moon. Their stories
1: are meant to inspire us to die with our boots on... Rather than our pajamas.
0: So if you like what you hear, tell your friends and share with us on our website the new tricks you're learning. Visit www.olddogspodcast.com.
1: The old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, implies that as you get older, it's impossible to change your ways. Well, it's our mission at Old Dog's New Tricks to prove that ancient saying is wrong. Darn right. We know too many people in our generation leading active and stimulating lives into their seventh and eighth decades. And we'll be introducing you to many
0: of them in future podcast interviews. Well, we also have the results of a scientific study to prove our point. Now, according to an article in Psychology Today, the Clever Dog Lab at the University of Vienna decided to disprove this musty saying. Wait a minute, Jim. Is that for real? There's a Clever Dog Lab? Well, I had a Clever Lab Dog. (laughs) Okay. That qualify? Anyway, their findings were the product of a three-year study with border collies of different ages. Well, why dogs? Well, research has established that dogs have many of the same age-related changes that humans do. And I assume that they didn't have to pay the collies to participate.
1: Well, the important conclusion here is that all dogs, regardless of age, are capable of learning new tricks. However, older dogs did take more time to learn some skills.
0: Well, that's okay.
1: Of course, any boomer who's tried to figure out a new phone can understand that, right? (laughs) So now when you hear someone disparaging old dogs, just tell them that research has proven that you can learn new tricks at any age.
0: Let's play some trivia. Who is 90 years old and just as animated as ever? Uh, yeah. Here's another clue. He's not a slave to fashion. His taste in clothes has never changed. I had no idea. Last clue. His best friend has been called Goofy, and he is clearly more a mouse than a man. Okay, if that doesn't give it away, the headline in the New York Times for November second, 2018 reads... Mickey turns 90, and the Disney marketing machine celebrates.
1: Yes, indeed. Mickey Mouse is 90 years old, and Disney intends to cash in on the occasion. Mickey and his friends Minnie, Goofy, and Pluto are Disney's best-selling consumer products franchise. They generate sales estimated at $3.2 billion. For the current campaign, the Disney parks will stock commemorative merchandise and host a large number of special events over the next year. It's fortunate for Disney that Mickey's popularity has never tailed off. He has about 14.2 million followers on Facebook. His fans will help support the upcoming Disney streaming service. You know, you must admit that Disney knows how to build a better mousetrap. If you've been downsizing and fretting over what children get what keepsakes, relax. They may not want any of your stuff. Millennials born between 1980 and 2000 are not interested in the furniture and memorabilia of their parents and grandparents. This news about the generational disconnect about keepsakes comes from the Washington Post of March 27, 2015.
0: The article says auction houses, consignment shops, and thrift shops are being flooded by merchandise that boomers are shedding because their kids don't want it. To make matters worse, young adults are not interested in taking possession of their own memorabilia that has been so lovingly preserved by their parents. Their little booties and those boxes of early artworks, trophies, ribbons, yearbooks, and schoolwork are destined for landfill.
1: So what's going on here? Well, baby boomers are collectors. Mementos from their travels, works of art, formal dinnerware, solid furniture, picture albums, and so on. Younger people just aren't as interested in filling their shelves with stuff. They're living their lives in smaller spaces with fewer possessions. They're preserving their memories digitally through Instagram and
0: Facebook. Well, that can be hard for parents to accept, right? Keep in mind that your kids still love you, they just don't love your furniture. So take the proceeds from your garage sale and take a memorable trip. Just save your memories digitally. Mm -hmm. Well, those zany folks at Hasbro, the makers of the board game Monopoly, are at it again. We are all aware of the many variations on the traditional Monopoly game. For example, there are editions that are built around The Simpsons, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who, Metallica, and Bass Fishing, (laughs) to name just a few. But no matter the theme, you still had to win fair and square, presumably, until now. This news comes to us from the November 26th, December 3rd issue of Time Magazine. Listen to this. There is now Monopoly, the cheater's edition. I guess they figured that cheating at Monopoly was so common that it was time to institutionalize it with a rule-breaker's version.
1: Now, the game features cheat cards that encourage underhanded dealing for money or property. But those caught in the act face consequences like being handcuffed to the board. I tell you, this is not made up. Now, sadly, this version seems to be inspired by today's headlines. It doesn't say what the consequences are for players who try cheating at cheating. Maybe they're required to hold elective office. What do you think, (laughs) Jim? The Ignoble Awards are a parody of the Nobel Awards. Each year, winners are selected for their dubious research in various branches of science by the Journal of
0: Irreproducible Results. Granted there's usually a serious intent to what seems facetious on the surface, but hey, it's the surface that's more fun. Some of the winners for 2018 are in the field of medicine using roller coaster
1: rides to hasten the passage of kidney stones. So I guess if you have a problem with kidney stones, make sure there is an amusement park near your hospital.
0: In chemistry, for measuring the degrees to which human saliva is a good cleaning agent for dirty surfaces. Hmm. Well, no kidding.
1: In medical education, colonoscopy in the sitting position, lessons learned from self-colonoscopy. I can't even imagine a self-colonoscopy.
0: Yeah. In literature for documenting that most people who use complicated products do not read the instruction manuals. Imagine that, don't you? Oh, of course. I read them all cover to cover. <laughs> so the winners receive
1: a cash prize of ten trillion Zimbabwean dollars, wow. which are virtually worthless. Oh. And they have 60 seconds to deliver an acceptance speech before an
0: 8-year-old girl on stage complains about being bored. So if you want more, Google Ig Nobel Awards, that's I-G-N-O-B-E-L, awards, where you can see acceptance speeches and explanatory lectures, limited to exactly 24 seconds. All right, it's time for our Old Dogs interview, and today we're talking with Tony Caputo of Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, Tony is part of a group called Old Coots Giving Free Advice, who hold court every week at the local farmer's market.
1: Tony, this is Paul Menzel and And
0: Jim Conlon,
1: and we're here for our interview with you. Are you
2: all set? I'm here. (laughs) I think I'm all set. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's a good start. You're here. Uh, The first thing is I think we need
1: to explain to our listeners just who these old coots are.
2: Well, let me tell you, I'll, I'll give you their name and who they are, what they used to do. There's Louis Borgenicht, who is a retired pediatrician. Um, Gus Wheeler, who's a retired school teacher. Um, we got John Lesnan, and he is a retired from um, Human Services Department of the Utah State Government. Carol Cisco, who is... She's what made us change it from old guys giving advice to old coots, just out of deference to our token woman. And she is a retired newspaper reporter and communications officer for the Utah Department of Human Services. Mm -hmm. And there's Rich Klein, who owned a countertop company. You know, they made marble countertops and, you know, stone. And, and, exactly. and we've also got a guy in training, Chris Van Oker, who has been involved from the start, but Chris is just a kid, so we just call him, he's in training.
0: Okay, and why is there Old Coots? How did that come about?
2: Well, we used to get together every Saturday morning, and we still will, I guess, when the farmer's market's over, in my store and drink coffee and light at each other. It's about politics. And we called that the the weekly news roundup. So that's how we started. We just, you know, would get together every week and and have coffee and complain about the state of the world.
1: Tell us about uh, how you made the decision to start offering free advice.
2: Well, (laughs) you know, after about 10 or 12, 15 years talking to these same guys, um, after about a half an hour, we just look at each other and wonder what we are doing here. So there's a big farmer's market every Saturday. They've had it there for, I don't know, 25 years. You know, we were just looking out there. one. I think about the first day, which was the middle of June, thinking, God, we could have a lot more fun over there than we do here just with us guys. Let's go. Let's go give people advice, thinking that would just sit over there and look at the sites in the park as opposed to really having to give any advice. So I got a sign made. Uh, we hung it up. The, uh, the people who run the farmer's markets gave us the free space. And uh, lo and behold, they came to ask us questions. And we thought it was just, a, you know, it started out more of a joke than anything.
1: And hey, what did your so sign say, Tony? The joke
2: was on us. Our our sign says, Old Coots Giving Advice. It's probably bad advice, but it's free.
1: (laughs) And as I understand it, you were not anticipating that people were going to ask you actual questions, things they wanted to know about. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that really wasn't a consideration. We just thought we'd go over there and goof around like we goofed around in my store. You know, we have probably 50 to 100 people a day. Wow. And most of them are somewhat lighthearted, but we we really get some serious spooky stuff.
1: Such as what? are
2: asking us spooky stuff. Yeah,
1: such, such as Well, what?
2: we had about 3 weeks ago we had two young women. They were in their early 20s. And they came up and it took, you know, you can kind of tell when somebody's going to get really serious on you because it takes them a while to uh, to w- work up the courage to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're kind of, you know, we have them step behind our sign. We call it the veil of confidentiality because <laughs> our banner just hangs up about, you know, five feet above the ground. So they step behind the veil of confidentiality. And they started telling us how they have both tried to kill themselves a couple of times. Oh, for goodness sake. They've, yeah. And, um, you know, why should we not do that? You know, we deal with those kind of questions as best we can. Well, so what was your advice? Well, our advice ended up, you know, gosh, look at us old guys here. We're having a great time here. And, you know, we've got to be as goofy as anybody you've ever known. And, you know, things, in, especially during your age, things look a lot more dire and, and you take things more importantly than you probably really should When until you learn, you know, get a few years under you and learn to just kind of slough off a bunch of stuff. Because everybody that you're looking at walking past here, has the same kind of feelings from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's just whether or not you can kind of laugh it off or slough it off or try and just get through it. Mm-hmm.
1: So and I understand you know the, the farmers' markets have closed down, right, for the year. So
2: we'll we got two more weeks. Okay, and what are you guys going to do? Go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is We're going to a- go back in my store and drink coffee and lie to each other. <laughs>
1: Well, you've you've had this opportunity to offer advice. Maybe you could give each other advice. Now, I I just had a, a, a thought. If you want to make this profit making, had you thought about charging a penny for your thoughts? No,
2: it's just it's like you know it's it's probably bad advice, but it's free. <laughs> okay. And we don't want any money. You know, I mean. <laughs> You know, money corrupts. <laughs> so, in fact, the people from the farmer's market said, you know, you ought to put out a bucket and we'll donate it to one of the nonprofits. And we mm-hmm. just told them we don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, we don't want, you can't trust us with money. <laughs> we'll spend it on beer.
0: <laughs> well, Tony, uh, you talked about a serious um, situation. What was the, the funniest question you think you've ever been asked or the most unusual well, the
2: funniest, it was about the third week we were there, uh, a woman that was, you know, a fairly attractive woman walked up to our, we, we have a little table set up, and it's about, oh, thigh hide. And so a woman walked up to us, turned around, so her back was towards us. And she said, "Do these shorts make my butt look fat?" And she just and she walked away. She didn't even wait for an answer. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was
0: that's the most memorable one we've had. You guys were punked. Yeah.
2: Yes, we were.
0: So, have you noticed any uptick in business uh, since you started uh, showing up at the farmers market? Do people wander across the street? No,
2: no. Well, we've had a booth at the farmers market just because of our close proximity, mm-hmm. you know, so pe- they, my guys at the booth can plane across the street, and we've been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, they they <laughs> did a feature on you guys in the Washington Post. Uh, has, there, yeah. has there been any follow-up? Have you found uh, you've got some groupies oh, now that yeah. are following you? or <laughs> yeah.
2: God bless old people, but, you know, <laughs> any groupies we'd have, you know, we'd just go somewhere in our walkers. So <laughs> I don't know that that's, but no, we've gotten a lot of people wanting to franchise and, and we've got <laughs> some me. calls from a couple of, uh, well, uh, Steve Harvey that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen the show, but he has a daytime TV show. Uh, they wanted us to, to do a FaceTime. What a, like an interview, uh, an audition, uh, we've had some movie people call us one to option, and we just had a lot of people, you know, oh, we want to do this in our neighborhood. How do we do it? So, you know, we, we just tell them, you yeah, yeah, make a sign and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will come. <laughs>
0: so is this the first season you've offered free advice publicly?
2: Yeah. And do you yeah. plan
0: on doing it again when the farmer's market opens again next year? Oh, yeah, I think we
2: will. Um, and, you know, I don't know why we wouldn't. We have a great time. I mean, this has really turned out to be fun. You know, we, we're we old enough now that we can travel, and so somebody will be gone one week. And we'll get uh, guest advisors. We've had a, a former mayor from Salt Lake wanted to be a guest advisor. We, You know, so people come and have a pretty good time. You guys
0: are going to become famous. We're not going to be able to afford you anymore.
2: I hope so. <laughs> I I hope uh, uh, another conversation between us is going to cost you
0: dearly. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of.
2: <laughs> well, when people ask us if we'd franchise cuz there's six of us there behind the booth, we say, "Well, a franchise is 6 bucks and then we can each we can each pocket a dollar." So, we haven't set our sights high. And we don't we never planned on doing this, I mean, realistically, for making any money or doing it with that in mind.
0: Well, do you too much fun. Do you think that this is going to prompt you to do other things? Is there something next on the horizon for your group?
2: No god, dude, we just hope we wake up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, Jim, it looks like we got through our first podcast without tripping over the furniture.
0: Thank goodness.
1: We enjoyed it, and we hope you all did, too. Uh, Give us your feedback. What do you think about the podcast, and uh, do you
0: have any suggestions for people we should interview? Visit our website at www.olddogspodcast.com. And thanks for listening.